I'm Dora Vandekamp. I have been on a mission for the last 16 years to discover the world's most powerful beauty secrets. The Biohack Your Beauty podcast is a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. And now, on to the show. Greetings, beautiful ones. I am so honored and excited to bring you this super fun interview full of incredible information with Cheyenne Wilson, also known as the Biohacking Nurse. Cheyenne is a registered nurse, functional medicine expert, and known among the top 50 biohackers in the world. In this interview, we talk about Cheyenne's experience with Lyme disease and mold toxicity and the aging effects of mold on the body. We also discuss how to biohack your environment, combat biotoxicity, the effects of seed oils, and biohacking mental health. If this episode resonates with you, please make sure to leave a positive review. It would mean the world. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Hello, Cheyenne. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm really, really excited. We've connected a few times before this, but this is the first time I'm having you here on Biohack Your Beauty. So it's very exciting. It's a long time coming. So (laughs) So thanks for having me. I really love to just share my story. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I I can't wait for uh, everybody to hear your story and just all of your wisdom and knowledge. So let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your journey to the place you're at now and, and just how you discovered biohacking. Cool. So I have about a 10 year history of chronic health issues. I think everyone in this space can come from that or was trying to heal someone they love. But, um, about 10 years ago, I was having symptoms of MS and I woke up one day and I had tingling. I, dropped my glass and I just like felt so out of body. I was like, had a depersonalized feeling. And by that time I was like, I'm eat, I'm eating quote unquote healthy. Um, I'm exercising. Like, I just don't understand why I feel so awful. And I had already gone to like 10 naturopaths. And by this point, I just like, I think this is where intuition comes and just connecting with ourselves. But I had a dream one night that I had Lyme disease. So the next morning I looked up the like specialist in the area and a Lyme specialist. And I asked him for a test um, and he was like, I'll run the best test. Well, it comes back and I had every infection off the charts, Lyme disease. And so I felt like this huge sense of relief at the time, but then I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to treat, to find relief. And all he offered me at the time was IV antibiotics. And as a nurse, like a newly graduated nurse, I knew the effects and I knew I didn't want to ruin my microbiome. I knew I didn't want to have liver or kidney failure was a side effect. <clears throat> and so I walked out of the office on this brand new journey of like, okay, I know something's wrong, but how am I going to fix it? And so that was like kind of the beginning, I would say. Um, And then the next week I ended up at something called the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference out of nowhere. Like I didn't even know what biohacking was. And I just felt like from there, I mean, it was all meant to be. And I was staying in that area and I wasn't from there. And I ended up there and I met so many people on, on this journey that it just opened that. And I started from there. Wow. Divine intervention for sure. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So when you started on this biohacking journey, what do you feel is something that really made a huge difference in the discoveries that you were making back then that you still feel like have a significant impact on your health? Because you said like a 10 year journey. What do you feel like changed everything for you? 
I would say I talk a lot about our environment because when you look at a chronically sick person, there's um, some things that they have in common. They're sleeping a lot or they're not sleeping in the night and then they're sleeping in the day or they're sleeping all day. Um, they don't have a routine and that really affects something called our circadian rhythm. And I didn't really understand the value of that until like five years in. And so really mastering your sleep. Um, I utilize something called like morning sun and that is like, will change your health. I mean, I post about it a lot, but a lot of people have applied it. And some people are like, my symptoms are going away just with light. And so um, setting your circadian clocks can really help your mitochondrial function. And so waking up at the same time every day and exposing yourself to light as soon as you wake up, if you're in the summer, that's the sun. If you're not, red light therapy is great. That has an influence on your microbiome. We have mitochondria in our gut. There's mitochondria everywhere. And so we're like really sensitive to light and you can start to fix your sleep cycles doing this. And so that is a huge piece. I think that um, your environment as well, like make sure you're not living in mold. I think it's the most overlooked issue in medicine and even functional medicine. They're, they're not well-versed in this. It's a very like long journey for many because doctors are just not addressing it. They're addressing what you, they present to you in the office. Yeah. So I love that you brought up mold. Mold is a big topic that I want to dive into today. So what happens when we're exposed to mold and where does this mold exist? Okay. So Mold is usually in water damaged buildings. However, um, it, I would say like one in three buildings. I think that's just a, a standard from the Environmental Protection Agency. One in three buildings, but I think it's higher. Like government buildings and schools are like the worst. And so if you are in those industries, it's because they're very old buildings. So the older building you have, you have a risk for a leak that went undetected and grew mold. Um, it also is really common to blow in your HVAC systems. Even new builds, they're going so fast now that I'll go look at new construction sites, curate, like being curious. And there's rot, rotten wood already as a foundation for a new home because they're building so fast and they're not covering new builds. And so that is another thing um, that I, do, I just don't think we're educated enough on it that our building standards aren't really there. Um, and we don't think we're getting sick in our homes. We always blame the diet. We blame the supplements or the medications. But this is where I think a lot of people's journeys start. Like they've had, I've had people where they've had Lyme disease probably their whole life and didn't get sick till they had mold toxicity. Wow. Wow. So when we talk about mold, because I know, like you mentioned, Dave Asprey talks about it being in things like coffee, things like chocolate, grains. So this is something we may be consuming in our foods if we're not aware. And then also being exposed to on a crazy level, right? If you're sleeping in a bedroom that has mold, you're spending eight hours every night maybe even more since most of us work remotely, if you're going to a school or if you're working in a government building, whatever. So what are the long-term effects of that mold? What does that look like? How do you feel when you're exposed to that? The short story is you can feel like you're dying. And I say that because um, I have had near-death experiences. I told, I was telling you earlier before the podcast, um, I knew my first exposure was really bad. I was living in a renovated garage that they don't have proper insulation. And um, I was feeling like I was having panic attacks slash heart attacks. And I truly believe that mold shuts down our cellular respiration. We need mitochondria to do that. And you're truly getting a lack of oxygen. And we know that oxygen is so crucial in our body um, for like, we come down to like our mitochondria and our oxygen keep us alive. Really, that's how people pass away. 
Mm. Our heart and our brain are so mitochondria dense and that runs a lot of our processes. And so when you're supposed to mold though, I believe it truly will come out in your genetic weaknesses. And I, I don't think genetics, genetics run your life. I think toxins run your genetics and you can turn things on and off. And so um, it will manifest as a lot of different symptoms. And I believe that it manifests as mystery illness, truly. So you can have a label of Lyme disease. Um, something called dysautonomia is a huge topic these days. That's pot syndrome. And if you think about pots where their heart rate's jumping up and they're dizzy and they're having all these neurological effects, well, that's a lack of oxygen to the brain. <laughs> like if you were to really simplify it and sadly the treatments for pots now are so harsh, they're not getting to the root cause. And it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of baffled because I've been through all these labels and I've been through all these symptoms. And I was like, why is my body acting this way? Like it shouldn't when you're doing all the things you think are healthy. And so mold, I think really shuts down your mitochondrial function. Then your energy goes down, your immunity goes down and then old pathogens. We all have pathogens in our body and they will rise and take over. And so all of a sudden you have chronic Epstein-Barr virus, you have chronic parasites and you get all these labels. And then it's sad because people will go after those bugs um, and get sicker because you already have what I, I call it biotoxicity. You just have so much that you feel drunk, you feel, <laughs> and you don't even drink. Um, you feel dizzy, you feel tired and you just feel super toxic. When you say biotoxicity, what do you mean by that? So mold um, gives off something called mycotoxins. Parasites give off um, byproducts like ammonia toxins, and they all really wreak havoc on the body. And so not, it's not always the bug, I truly believe. It's the byproduct. And what happens when you like leaky gut's a big term. And what, what happens if you have these? They leak into the bloodstream and they're just like toxins and your liver at a certain point will be like, I can't do this. And so it's just like floating in your blood. And I just don't understand how you can achieve true health when you're truly toxic. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we need to stop looking at all the infections and like narrowing down because when you don't fix that, it's truly when you feel, when you see people do not get better. And I truly believe working on the mitochondria can take a person from bedridden to like back working and living. And that's part of health is like getting back into the world without like um, waiting for one infection to be gone off your labs. <laughs> yes. So significant right now too, because so many people are living in fear of really more the idea of a certain virus when there's so much more to staying well and staying healthy and having a strong immune system. And it's not just this one thing, right? It's really the foundation of our immune system. And so, like you said, the, our environment is so important for that. It's funny too, because when you mention you feel like you're dying, I can only imagine as well, we think physically, right? That mold affects us, but also on a mental level, because if we are susceptible to anxiety or depression, I can only imagine that mold amplifies those things as well. Well, I was going to say, I think along with our pandemic, we have a mental health crisis. And a lot of that is staying home where we're exposed to a lot of these toxins. And I actually think that mold is one of the biggest causes of anxiety, depression, bipolar, and major mental illness. Um, because like I said, we have 10,000 mitochondria per cell in the brain. And if we don't have a lot of energy, like how are we supposed to create, how are we supposed to use energy to make changes? I'm a huge fan of something called neuroplasticity. But if you can't, um, have like brain power and brain function, I think it's really hard to make neuroplastic changes. And so I've seen miracle like stories and recovery, and I have dealt with major, major depression in my life. Um, and I have tried the pharmaceutical route for mental health only to have much worse effects because I wasn't, 
I didn't understand all of these things. Does that make sense? Totally. Absolutely. And a lot of times if, if those are the reasons why you're having these incredibly debilitating symptoms, which I can totally relate to, it's like a little bitty bandaid on the bigger issue, right? And, and the reason why all of these feelings and all of these symptoms are, are existing. So yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy that it's so insidious and then it's, it's so obvious, but yet it's something most people have no idea is even a, a thing. Well, I think the saddest thing is like psychiatrists um, aren't trained in functional medicine usually, or even understand metabolism and toxic burden. And so when they tell a client, you have a mental illness, how I don't understand how the brain is separate from the body. I just do not believe in that. Um, and if, if I was told that and no, like, understanding of what I know now like I would have been on a really bad trajectory and I probably would have been on medication after medication yeah absolutely I actually just recently shared about my own story with taking Accutane in high school and how that just changed my whole life in a way where I was so depressed I had such crazy anxiety. And I still have bouts of that, but I really feel like my lifestyle and just food and nutrition and just biohacking in general has helped me so much. But it's so interesting to think that something so small, like just this dosage of medicine can really change your whole trajectory. And I think it's the same thing with things like our environment, we tend to not take those things very seriously, whether it's a medicine that we need to take or an antibiotic that we need to take, or perhaps we have mold in our house, but our bodies are so open and they really are sensitive in so many ways. And so I think it's just being really conscious and having this information. It makes such a difference because especially what we can see now, there's so many people who are unwell in in a variety of ways. And it really has to do with not treating our bodies like a temple, which they are. And I think most of us just don't have the knowledge to do so. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I haven't met anyone my age. I'm 28 and I don't really meet anyone who is healthy. I mean, everyone has a chronic health issue. And if it's not, you know, like biotoxicity it's um hormonal and like at some point they're going to have a lot of issues with fertility which is another huge issue right now and that's where i think that our toxic load is affecting our genetic weaknesses totally it's so interesting because one of my bibles is uh weston price's book oh. and he talks so much about just even just our diet and how it literally affects our ability to reproduce and then also the quality of reproduction, right? So the changes in jaw structure, the changes in bone density, all of these things, just because of how we're eating, every generation uh, is in a way becoming weaker, which is really scary to think about when we look at the way that we are living and consuming and, and really not even connecting with nature as well, which is something you talk a lot about too. Yeah. Um, I love Weston A. Price. Have you followed anything? Like, what would you say is you incorporate in your life from his work? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, to me, he is somebody I wish everybody knew about because what he put together is this body of work that's incredible. And I'll link the book for everybody if they're interested in learning more about um, him and his foundation as well. But really the idea that we are not created to eat processed foods, we are really created to eat whole foods, animal-based foods. And we've talked about this before, but I was a raw vegan for a really long time. I was a vegan. I actually became a vegetarian when I was 12. And this 
this really, really interesting journey where I ate basically vegan for a long time, very unhealthy vegan. And then I was eating raw vegan for a long time and literally living on smoothies and nuts and seeds. (laughs) And I know you can probably relate to that. And then discovering his work and really having to flip my whole mind upside down, because as a person who cares so deeply about the, the environment and wildlife and animals, and I've always had such a deep connection to animals, it was really hard for me to get around the idea that I was meant to eat animals, that that was something that my body needed. And it wasn't until I got really sick, I had an acupuncturist who I was working with tell me that I needed to eat meat or I was going to literally get sicker and sicker and sicker. And um, thank goodness one told you because no one told me. Thanks for telling me plant-based all the time. It's it's really interesting. And I, I find too that right now, I think this happens a lot, especially because of, we have a very consumer-based society. We have a lot of trends. We have a lot of this kind of information that gets really glamorized. And I think right now being vegan is very glamorized. And there are some things that I understand the why. And I think a lot of people believe that it makes a difference for the environment and it's going to save the, the planet and that it's the ethical thing to do. And I do believe that factory farming is absolutely horrific and I don't agree with it at all. And for me personally, when I choose to eat meat, I go to the butcher and I really source from a farm where that animals are pastured, they're ethically raised. And I think the big issue is really how animals live not necessarily whether they're, they're killed or not. I think for me, it's really about how are the animals raised? How are they treated? And what does their life quality look like? And that's really what I take into account when I source animal products. But I believe inherently with just from my own opinion, right, as a health coach, that it's really, really important to incorporate animal foods, organ meats, fats, butter, these are the most whole foods we have and the least toxic foods that we have. And when we look at most vegan diets, they're either missing nutrients and, or they're highly processed. I mean, if we look at like the processed meats that people are eating, they're so incredibly toxic and they probably have mold in them as well speaking of mold well I think one thing when I was plant-based is how fun it is to buy all the snacks and the trees (laughs) yeah but the amount of seed oils in them is disastrous and I really got into seed oils this year as I was recovering from COVID um and I had a really high uh high sugars after I had it. And I was wondering why I was having symptoms. And so I took out seed oils and and was really adamant about that. And it has been a huge game changer. And I think you will crave seed oils and refined sugars if you are not eating meat, because if you do not have those fats and bioavailable nutrition, your cravings are going to go through the roof. And I think I did an experiment this summer with a continuous glucose monitor, and that was so insightful because I was focusing on animal nutrition already at that point. And the nutritionist like messaged me and was like, I've never seen a variability this good. Like your sugars don't move when you eat. And like, that is a foundation for your nervous system because you are managing blood sugars. And nervous system is so important especially with women who have been told the low fat movement they're really sick and I think everyone always goes well why do I feel so good plant-based and I'm like well here's a reason possibly is you're already feeling toxic you're not feeling well and initially you when you go into like a lifestyle hall you're like focused more on healthy right they're like doing a detox they're prepping all their meals they already have low zinc and zinc is needed for 
hydrochloric acid to be made in the gut. And so they are not properly digesting meat and these proteins. And so they feel better because their body doesn't have to work as hard initially. And then, but then I would wonder if they were to test their blood sugars, what's happening and how much sugar they're consuming. Like, I think to be a, to be vegan and sugar-free would probably be the hardest lifestyle. I don't even know if if that would be possible. (laughs) Like a lot of people are doing high fruit and it's not that I have anything against fruit, but like we go on these spectrums of fruitarian to carnivore to vegan. And I think it's like, everyone's on this desperate, um, like wanting to heal. But when you really learn nutrition and like Weston A. Price, like he went and studied around the world, people like tribes, communities that had like, he was a dentist and had no cavities and they were very animal based because of the nutrient dense profile. And once I learned that and then went back and looked at previous labs over the years, like I had low minerals the whole time and no one said anything. And a lot of our minerals come in organ meats. They, if you are plant-based, there's things called anti-nutrients in plants. There's oxalates that bind a lot of these um, minerals. And so you're always deficient. And I think minerals actually are the foundation because they cause enzymatic processes to happen in the body. And then they set up for mitochondrial function as well. And those are all these like cofactors. I feel like they're like multivitamins for the mitochondria. So. I think, I don't know, I'm constantly changing. We're all pioneering. We're all trying to figure it out. But if I were to go back, I think my journey would go from 10 years to one year knowing that. I feel you 100% on that. It's been such a journey. And I love that you mentioned pioneering because we are, we, I feel in a way we really are pioneering and when we look at a lot of the information that's out there, a lot of it, like you said, you were looking at labs and you could clearly see you were low in minerals. And yet that was not something that was addressed. And I think there's so much information out there. That's really kind of old news. And a lot of us are on the forefront and we're kind of the Guinea pigs (laughs) in a way where we're like, well, this really worked and this really didn't. And and just being in that place of healing and from a, our own perspective, seeing what's working and what's not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really powerful that you are talking about this as well and that you and I both have this plant-based history. And when we talk about organ meats, I love that you mentioned that as well, because really organ meats more and more I'm learning. It's funny. I love liver. I grew up eating liverwurst because I grew up in Holland. So it's so good to me, but most people think it's a little, well, you know, you don't grow up with it. So it's different, but my partner, his family's Chinese. And so they eat all kinds of really healthy organs. They eat like tongue, they eat lung, they eat, you know, testicles, all of the things that For me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could eat that and not have like a kind of mind trip about it, you know? And for for him, he just loves it. It's like an organ soup and he has no problem eating it, but he's also really healthy and he grew up eating that stuff. So I'm gonna say, how is his health? I wonder, because growing up like that would be it would be so empowering, but you probably wouldn't know what you're missing out on either because you're healthy and you were mineralized and you were, had nutrition to not have the cravings and the processed foods. I'm not saying anyone's perfect, but having that foundation would be epic. Totally. Well, and he grew up also because his family's Chinese, they also had a lot of herbs. So whenever he got sick, they would make herbal soup. He wouldn't get, take a pill or anything. They would, his grandma would just make herbal soup. But I think as he grew up and not knowing, you know, fast food and stuff like that wasn't healthy. I think he had his fair share of that, but I do believe I'm really a big believer in the power of prenatal 
health and how the first, I think from conception to age seven or something are really the most vital times for building all of those, the immune system, all of the, the um, organs, everything developing during that time. And even the brain, right? The mitochondria, I think that that's a really important time to develop that. Yeah. I actually was thinking the other day, you know, some people's first approach at nutrition is when they get pregnant and take a multi, like a prenatal and they don't even understand that most of it's synthetic. Yeah. (laughs) And that can cause a whole host of issues. Like you said, the body's designed for these, like when you're put on vitamin A, like that's in butter, that's in cod liver that, you know, if you need B vitamins, that's in red meat, that's in bee pollen. Um, and these products that your body is going to like utilize better. And, um, plus work in synergy. Like we've gotten really isolated and I've had a few people come to me where they're like, Oh, I'm on choline, like a supplement. And it's like, well, choline's in eggs. Why are you supplementing it? And then you have a filler in your supplement. And I get it. Like, you know, if you have an egg intolerance that that's why they're put on it. And it's like, just find another choline rich source mm-hmm. because your body's going to utilize that more. It's going to understand that more. Um, and I think, and I hope, I think this next year, the stuff that I'm going to be working, the more we can nutrient dense a person, they're going to like ward off these toxins and infections much more. And then you won't have to work on infections for, you know, years. I think that's where we're really um, losing track of how the body is designed to work. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I think it's important that you brought this up because we really do look to the man-made sources of what's already available to us. And when we think of if we have skin issues or if we're having a lack of energy, a lot of times we think, oh, well, we need either a medication or a supplement for that. When really the first place we ever want to look is our diet and our environment. And then the other stuff could come later. Like if you figured out you had an egg intolerance, well, then maybe you would want to supplement with choline. But before that, there's so many other boxes to check, I feel like. Well, and there's this balance between, I get a lot of people who are like, well, I'm already really sick with mold toxicity, they know. And so that's where I think like binders and support is important right off the get-go because the body is going to take a while, even if you're going to change your diet, but some people are so sick, they can't prepare their foods. Um, and I was there, I mean, I remember ordering food that was too sick to get off the couch and I still think we need nutrition and you need to eat. Um, and so, you know, that's when utilizing binders, utilizing, um, saunas, coffee enemas, like the detox, just to get some of that lower so you can like perform and start making those choices. Because when, when you have like brain fog and fatigue, like you're just trying to survive. And I think that's the road most people take there and they don't believe diet can truly heal. And so once you start educating and learning what your body likes and needs, then I think it gets easier to make those changes and just staying consistent when you start feeling good. Um, like I haven't had sugar in like 90 days. Like I haven't touched sugar and that that's probably my longest streak. Cause I come from being addicted to sugar and, um, I'm like, wow, I feel so good. You know, like I wake up bright eyed, cheery. And then I'm like, well, what what would it be like to have sugar again? And I'm like, wow, this is how our brains work. Like what the heck? Yeah, I know. Being consistent. That's where community comes in. I think um, community is so important to be around like-minded people who are on these goals with you because I think it's really sad when, you know, you're around family or friends who are unhealthy, but they don't they, they actually don't know what health is. And so they're like, well, I'm fine. You know, I don't see a doctor. I feel fine. But I think we're all ticking time bombs if we're not careful with our lifestyle. And so like, you know, that's why I really believe in community where you can, if you've been through a health issue, you're trying to prevent something, you can have goals together. Like, Hey, what's the best way to quit sugar? Like, um, Oh, I only had it once this week, but 
instead of slippery slope, I'm going to get back on the train and I'm going to do this because all of a sudden I don't need as many supplements and I'm enjoying, I'm, my hikes are better, whatever it is. Like that's something to celebrate instead of celebrating like with alcohol and sugar, which is such a social norm. Like quitting sugar this summer, people looked at me like I had two heads. Yeah. I'm used to that look. (laughs) I was just like, this is so sad. This is a norm. Like this is, um, mind-blowing but it also took me so much work at first and I was unlearning everything to relearn you know what was best for my body I had that experience I mean I've been doing no seed oils for like over 10 years now and that has been I feel blessed that I I discovered that I I think that was for me one of one of the things that stuck with me super early on but it's funny because like you said like people look at you like you have two heads and when you don't eat seed oils, you can't eat out anywhere because every single restaurant uses them. Yep. And so I, whenever I go out with anyone, I don't eat and people oh. have a hard time with that, which I understand food is a very, it's, it's a challenging thing. And I, I, I was thinking about that actually today, like how it's kind of, it's not sad, but like how we food is so powerful and it's so emotional. And it's like, like we were talking about community. It's so community oriented. It connects people and yet it's poisoning us. And so it's so sad in a way that we have this really strong connection to something that's so beautiful in a lot of ways, but it's also an Achilles heel for our bodies and our health. And just thinking of how do we change that? How do we change that norm? I was in the grocery store last night and the line was super long. And I was just kind of just observing like what everybody was buying. And it made me sad because I feel like we're on this mission to help people feel more connected to their bodies and healthier. And yet it feels like we're climbing like such a big mountain, you know, it's such a tall, steep mountain to climb. Yeah. What was one thing you noticed when you cut out seed oils? And what seed oils were you like particular about? Because some people are still, you know, thinking about avocado oil. They're thinking about um, black cumin seed oil, but there's definitely controversy still about having any of them. So I went rogue and I literally only used coconut oil from the moment I learned I would only eat coconut oil. And then only recently did I start incorporating tallow and butter? But that's it. I, for me, with any oil besides coconut oil was not a no-go. Yeah. And a lot of people are sensitive to salicylates um, mm-hmm. with coconut. So if people are like, well, I still feel like crap, I would try the animal fats. Yeah. And actually one that I recently really like is duck fat. Oh yeah. I've actually seen that at the store. I was thinking of trying it. So I like it way more than tallow. I'm not a big tallow person, but the, I use tallow on my skin for lotion, but the duck fat you can make like ranch and honey mustard out of, and it's so good. And you're just getting this, like, I swear, like, and we like beauty and skin when you get good fats and you're digesting them well, right. You don't want to go like really high fat soon on digestive distress but just like my skin's changed my hair has grown like um excessively like I'm like oh my gosh I have to get another haircut I just got one through and like what is but what does that tell you too like our hormones are connected to our skin and our hair and if that's happening like how many women right now are losing hair and it's like so traumatic um because that's how we like identify with ourselves and I think fats are so demonized and even animal fats people think heart disease yeah and butter too yeah I really hope people will look up seed oils and heart disease before they look up animal fats because a lot of people are trying to eat steak and um butter but they're eating refined sugar and seed oils at the same time yeah (laughs) like well which one caused it because K2 in butter can help break down plaque arteries. Yes. It's so big. It's so big. I actually talk about 
PUFAs, right? So polyunsaturated fats all the time. <laughs> I think probably people are like, we've heard it before, but I just feel so passionate about it because I do think it's one of the biggest things that is causing so much havoc and also so much digestive discomfort. I mean, for me, I don't ever have digestive discomfort. I really never get bloated. Like I just have, I don't really, I don't have skin issues. My hair is gray, all of these things. And, you know, this has a lot to do probably with my lifestyle in general, but I really think that it's a huge, it contributes a huge asset to my health, just cutting those out. Well, like, I think you're so beautiful. You have amazing skin, but like, usually what we would see there is the way to get that is through, you know, Botox fillers mm-hmm. and that's it. And that's your only, and like, I just don't believe in that. Like you just told me your lifestyle and like lifestyle is food. It's like, am I managing my stress so that I don't binge eat? And like, I, I'm I've struggled with, um, like disordered eating as well. I actually would just like eat everything in sight and never feel full. And my health was like so chronic and I was depressed. So I definitely can relate with everyone on that level. And I'm not, um, just lightly going over that. I think nutrition is super important. The more satiated you are, then your skin changes your beauty. And then you're like, I just don't meet a lot of women who can feel comfortable in their skin. So that's a really awesome story. And I think that's super powerful. And if we put PUFAs in the category of like Botox, like PUFA detox would be like huge in the beauty industry because if they're like, oh, well, if it's going to give me that result and here are some things to um, like mitigate PUFA and this is what it's going to do for my skin. I mean, it's like I said, we talked about trends and Yes. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I love it because that's really what this podcast is about. It's everything that we see on the outside is such a reflection of what's on the inside and and how we live and just even how much joy is in our life and how comfortable we feel in our skin. And I think there's no standard of beauty. It's really just being able to live with who you are and feel authentic and feel good in that. And I think the more nourished we are on all levels, right. On like a health, health level physically, but also emotionally and mentally that radiates right through our skin and our hair and all of the things that kind of are at the end of the stick, right? Like when, once your organs are healthy, once your body is healthy, then it's reflected on the surface. And so, um, yeah, I just think I'm so passionate about that. And I think for a lot of us, it's kind of the gateway into health too, is, oh, this is going to help my hair grow. This is going to, uh, help my skin look better. Right. And so those little things, I think for some people, that's the gateway into that awareness of, oh my gosh, what I eat matters. It matters. I'm, I'm going to live a long, healthy life because of how I eat. Yeah. I just wish like all of us in this space could like live in the same area so we could all just have like and picnics because that and that's one of the most challenging parts of the social life of eating well and you know people make fun of me for my lifestyle and like but if they truly knew me because they see me as like a healthy person who's happy and like and I like high performance. I study it. I want to maximize my day so that like when I have kids, I have a system that, you know, it's going to help me optimize my life. And people see me and they make fun of me because they're like, well, you're healthy. Just have a little, just have a little, but that's their projection of like their belief system, like just a little bit more. And I was having this discussion with my partner the other day and I was like, you know, if you make this small choice even if it's like in business or a shortcut, it's so easy to start making shortcuts. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, let's hold ourselves accountable. Like when we want to make shortcuts, like, let's just talk about it. And it, and so we were talking about our lifestyle. He's been on no sugar with me to be um, supportive for my goals. Cause he's like, you're not, he's just like, it's going to be so much easier if you do this. And 
that was super empowering. And so when we talked about craving sugar, we really talked about it. And he's like, okay, what would be the consequences? And I was like, you know, what, why are you craving sugar? And usually it'd probably come down to an emotion and I would like cry it out. Cause we get a, like a serotonin hit when we have sugar. I think that's why it's so addictive. And, um, and so just like having a partner and then our relationship actually grew so much. And you talk about relationships too, um, in your brand. And that's where I think health and happiness really comes down to is having a relationship with someone even if it's not your romantic partner, it's someone who is on the same goal, like similar goals. If you're having an issue, they're there to check in. They're here to show you like, Hey, here's a great animal fat (laughs) or, and that's where I think, um, and I'm super passionate just about biohacking nurse, because I really want it to be more of a community and lifestyle brand. I want to, I want to, close the gaps between functional medicine and like everyday health and your environment and, and that. And so that's why, you know, sometimes I have to turn down people and we've started a functional medicine clinic actually outside of biohacking nurse because they're, they're both equally important. That's amazing. I love that so much. I feel that you are creating that 100%. You're doing such a beautiful job of creating a community and also just sharing information in a way that's very loving and compassionate, because I think ultimately that's a huge component of this mission is the compassion where so many people are looking for community and they're looking for answers and they're sometimes really desperate. And so I think you provide a beautiful space for that. And I fully believe you're on your way to creating it. It's just taking the, it takes time. I think a lot of people are becoming more open to it. And especially even with all of the contrast that's happening now, in a way it feels really unsettling, but in a way it's people are really starting to see what's Mm -hmm. going on and, and that they actually get to take control of their own bodies and that that's really important and powerful and empowering to know their own bodies, right? Like for so long, we have given them away because we thought that that was the way to do it. And now we're seeing like, Hey, actually I can know my own body. I can know what this symptom means. I can know that this is happening because of this and I can change this. I can change this in my environment. So I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Yeah. I actually, I don't share a lot of science on there coming from a nurse because um, a lot of our well being, especially as women, I like to represent women in biohacking because yeah, me too. <laughs> right. We see men who are like 6 a.m., bulletproof coffee, um, red light. Now I'm going to work out and then I'm going to do that all before eight. And it's like, that's not how a woman functions. A woman is emotional. We need certain times of our cycle to like rest, go for it. And I share more emotion on my platform because like, that's just kind of part of the journey is like emotional regulation, like working with our nervous systems. Um, our sleep at connecting with women, I think is like extremely important because we all like, so the term anxiety, depression, and mental health, um, when a, a woman has hormones like that are going to fluctuate and we're all going to experience this at some point in our lives. Yes. Yeah. So that's like talking about it and learning like what upsets you, like things to, to do, like that's why I share more in an emotional point of view. And I do lose a lot of people who want facts. Um, and it's like, I can bring in experts to show you facts, but there is a certain point where your lifestyle, this every day to just like learn to enjoy where you're at. Cause we always are looking for a destination and we all need to just be like, okay, well, I'm super thankful I'm here today. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine when you go through what you've been through, really seeing what has made the biggest difference and knowing that it is that, the the consistency, the lifestyle, the, the things that are really within reach for most of us. And then the facts, like those are really great too. But um, I think what you're offering is really important. And that's something that a lot of people 
need, maybe even if they don't know they need it, mm-hmm. but they'll get there, right? They'll get to that place where they understand. Yeah. And like, you know, if you can't afford functional medicine, look at your lifestyle. Cause I think I've spent a lot of money with um, experts and clinics and I never gained what I shared from them. And I never gained these things. It was just through learning what makes me tick, what makes me like feel crappy, feel great. And then I started sharing them. And then some, some people were having these like amazing results. And then I was like, well, maybe that's because that's how we're designed to live. And so there are such free, like there are so many free things you can do. And I I understand eating well. Um, We actually spend most of our money on food. We don't spend it on like designer jeans. Like I do, I shop very like twice a year on like things. I shop secondhand um, because I truly believe in the power of food and what it does for us. And as we've gotten healthier over the years, our income has gotten better because it, it, it takes health to go out and make a change in the world and to work. Like, and I truly believe that, and I've seen this in some health experts, like no one knows, but they've been broken sick. Yes. I think a lot of us have been there. Yes, absolutely. And the healing process from that, I think gives us so much insight and compassion into this work as well. Mm. Yeah. I love it. So I have three questions that we ask every guest. So the first question is, what is your definition of beauty? Mm. I think I love authenticity and I've had that kind of since I was younger and I, I didn't understand how hard it was to be authentic until I went through some of my own really dark moments. And so when I come back out and show that and just like, I've experienced more healing and connection. And actually I met the people I needed to meet when I was the most authentic. Mm -hmm. And then as a result, um, I actually started biohacking nurse because I was so sick that I couldn't work. And I was sharing just tidbits here and there. And that was like in 2017 or 2016. And now, you know, I'm almost to 15,000 people and I've, I don't really have that many posts, but what I do is I just share like, and pe- some people have followed since day one and they've seen everything. Yeah. And then people have reached out. I've gotten like to work with amazing brands because of it. People send me products to try. Cause they're like, we want you to authentically share if you like them. So that to me is amazing. Um, but I think it takes work and it's a muscle you build, but you can find like really true connection through that. Mm, I love that. I think you're so right on because it really is. We've seen all the superficial stuff and the fake stuff. And I think we're sick of it. We want what's real and genuine and, and heartfelt and we want connection and more than ever before. I think it's so important. So what is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? So I actually don't use like any face wash or like, I know it's really bad. Cause I'm like, what beauty products do I use? I don't use any, I just use like goat milk soap, but, um, that's because I think I do a lot of other things like focusing on your gut health. Um, one external product I really like is red light therapy. Um, once I started using it, I call it Botox in a box. Um, it's so great to stimulate collagen, anti-aging. It's even taken away from my family, like, um, sunspots. Um, and it's so nice to have on hand because we use it in our family. If we have injuries, um, it's super healing. We have used it for skin wounds. Um, I wish wound clinics would utilize uh, light therapy. Um, and so I think red light therapy for an actual technology. That's beautiful. I love red light therapy too. I think it's, it's like one of those really underestimated biohacks. Well, it feels like you've like a hug when you turn it on because it's actually so healing to the body. People don't understand light and what it does. So I use it for my circadian rhythms, healthier sleep, mood boost. 
and then you go all the way and it's actually helping with beauty product, hair growth, um, on the thyroid. Some people really do well with hypothyroid. Um, yeah, there's a lot of research now about red light and there's a lot of brands out there now. Which one do you use? Um, so I, right now I'm just using Mito, M-I-T-O. Um, so, oh, but I just, Mito, yeah, Mito, yeah, yeah I, have, I just started that one. Yeah. In, in front of me, I really like their small models because they are affordable and you can take them anywhere. They have two yeah. small ones. Um, but if people want the like big systemic healing, like chronic pain, you're going to need a big panel, I think, to really utilize that. Yeah. Mine is small. I have, I just have, um, I have like a face mask that's red light, you know, the ones that you like stick on your face. And I just, I do, I put it on my face, I put it on my neck and then I put it on my head too. And I try to do it like three times a week at least. Um, but then I do have like a, a smaller panel, but at some point I, my partner and I, we dream about, you know, having our own little biohacking clinic. Right. And so having, I'm like float tank harmonic egg, a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, sauna. And then I want my like little red light area too, where we can. It's so funny. We're so similar. Like, um, we just bought a house and we sectioned off a part of the garage to do our biohacking gym. And so like, that's going to be like our sanctuary where every day we just like go and we like regenerate ourselves. I have my little sauna here, but like we have over time you build these things it's it's expensive and it's not overnight people are like do you really need those things to heal I would say no but once you understand what they do for you um it gets really fun and like I'm not gonna go pay a clinic so much money and they're making so much money off me and like I know where to access the tools so for those benefits like every day almost is what you need to be doing yes and they're just so I don't know. I think for me, the commitment has always been, if I can thrive, why not thrive? Like, I don't want to just be fine. I want to reach the next level. And I think that when we get to partake in those things, right, it's really fun to do the technology, but it also just makes such a big difference in the way that you contribute in the world and the impact you make in the world when you have so much more energy and such capacity and you're going to be around a long time to create that too. Yeah. 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 And where can people find you? Awesome. Well, I'm definitely most active on Instagram. I love posting stories. Um, I almost do like a story a day because I like to share what I do every single day, which is really important. Um, and then I have a website, biohackingnurse.com, where I share like my favorite products, some stories. Um, and then we actually started a functional medicine clinic with nurse practitioners. And because I truly feel now where we're all at home, we do really need virtual health. And so we are called Beyond Functional Med because there's so many things that we want for their clients to go beyond just what functional medicine is. And that's lifestyle and healing trauma and um, making sure though you have the building blocks in order to do that. So we run nutrient panels, thyroid panels, gut health, um, you know, mold. Uh, We can kind of look at all of those things that people have no idea that it's even available. Um, So that is beyondfunctionalmed.com. That's amazing. I love it. I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes and thank you so much for being the best I'm so excited to share this I can't wait well thanks for having me I wish I could do this every day instead of you know work but (laughs) um, it's just nice to know that other people are out there doing the same work and um, it really motivates you because when you're leading your own lifestyle like not you're not always gonna like be told what to do you're like trying to lead the pack and uh, like I said it gets hard you want to like hang out with everyone else around you who hasn't had a chronic disease yet Uh, but secretly like everyone's struggling so have have the conversations be authentic which we talked about and you can create amazing community 
Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode resonated with you, please give this podcast a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us spread the word about biohacking and the power of holistic health. I also want to share that I still have one spot open in my one-on-one coaching program. It's a three-month program where I support you in reaching your body goals, where we work together on physical and emotional healing, and really hone in on creating lifelong lifestyle changes that are in alignment with what you desire for your body, your health, and your future. You can click the link in the show notes to book a free call with me, and there you will find my other links as well. Connect with me on Instagram at Dora Vandekamp. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week.